listening to the Simple Table Podcast, where we dive into complex, real, and relevant topics. Hey everyone, it's December, and uh, we're at the Public Library here in Valparaiso. Um, I'm here with Braden today. Hey, hey. Hey, uh, so actually we're going to do something a little different this week. Um, we, uh, we've been going through uh, Advent, and uh, last week we talked about faith and, um, you know, I just was talking to Braden instead of doing the recording, uh, from the message, I thought, let's, let's sit down and do a podcast, which is not something we've ever done before. It's something we've kind of tossed around back and forth. I yeah. know Braden, you have some experience with, with podcasts or at least doing some recording and stuff. So I thought let's do something a little different. Um, we actually did something different at church, which we'll kind of discuss a little bit later, but, um, it, it wasn't the most convenient recording uh space and so i figured let's let's just sit down and and have a conversation so yeah today we're going to be talking about faith so uh so yeah a couple of things you know that that i wanted to uh kind of start off with um are just a couple of ideas that have been running through my heart lately um about this whole idea of of what faith is and you know there's the broad aspect of faith you know something that we believe in as as believers and and followers of jesus but then this this ideal of uh what faith personally individually uh specifically means and uh and so let me just ask you real quick when you hear the word faith brayden what what kind of things pop into your head well there's a lot of um I kind of see it differently in the last couple of months just because I'm doing uh, a school right now that there's been some good teachings. And so, but I mean, before, if I would have, if I would have thought about faith, I would have thought about like, um, basically the journey you've been on and kind of what you have picked up from the Lord and, and just experiences with him and something that's, um, growing, that's, that's always growing. And, um, you know, renewal of mind comes to mind, um, and that revealing faith. And, and now the way that I, I've been looking at it recently, um, is it's still similar in that way that you've got renewal of mind, but I, I feel like there's a difference between faith and belief um, cause I feel like when it comes to faith, we're not necessarily building up our own faith. It's mm-hmm. not something we're creating because if that's the case, then you've got one guy that's got more faith than another. Mm-hmm. You know, if somebody needs healing and you haven't seen an arm grow out or something, oh, but this guy has, uh-huh. so you need to go to that guy cause he's got the faith for that. And that's how it's kind of been in the church. Yeah. Um, at least in the streams that I've been in, that that's a real big thing of, well, you know, my faith is still growing, but his, you know, you should go get prayed for by him. And it just kind of seems like, do you not have the same risen Christ, the Holy Spirit, the Trinity in you Hmm. that that guy has? Like, what, what is this, you know, different level of faith? And, and I'm not entirely certain on all of it yet, (laughs) but where I'm at is that it's not necessarily our faith that we're, we're striving for that's, Mm. that's getting built up. I think our belief in what we already have, Mm. that it's Christ's faith. Mm. And when it becomes about Christ's faith that's in you, 
and it's being revealed, then it's something like, I don't have to work for this, just like I didn't have to work for salvation. And the the idea of a free gift and uh, good news right. actually starts to sound like good news yeah. and a free gift and not something that you're striving for. Like he's constantly renewing your mind. Um, but I, I feel like that's more of the belief side of things. Mm -hmm. Like you're starting to believe these things and in that Christ's faith is being revealed in you. Yeah. That's some good stuff. You know, one of the things that I, as you're talking and I'm recognizing in my own life, this, this idea of faith for me has almost seemed more like currency. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. um, you know, you mentioned about people who have prayed for people for healing. Uh, I, I think we look at that, the stories of Jesus talking to the disciples and he says, your lack of faith, which, you know, has always perplexed me. Uh, mm -hmm. At times we've seen uh, in churches, people have used that as almost condemning statements. Yeah. Well, it's your lack of faith as though, you know, you don't have the amount of currency that it takes for this thing to take place. Right. Which is really interesting because if you go back to that story, Jesus makes a statement that's so erroneous according to the way that we've created faith to be in this currency method because he says it's as small as a mustard seed. So we're talking about this thing of it needing to grow like our bank accounts right. uh, to fill the American dream, fulfill the American dream. And he's going, yeah, it's it's like the 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 poorest woman or man on the, on the street that has little, uh, that's all you need. So this idea of like growing in your faith as it being a currency that you apply to, uh, this mysterious, uh, need for salvation, yeah. whatever salvation that is, whether it's a limb growing back or, uh, you know, a prayer of something being answered. Um, he kind of just like dismantles that. And so for me, I think like you, I've been on this whole journey of what does faith really mean? What does, what is this idea that we have started to take, um, this, this free gift and made it something that we have to work so hard for right? Uh, so that we have more in our account. Yeah. It's almost like he gave you the starter package, right. but you, kinda, <laughs> what are you going to do with it? Yeah. What are you going to do with it? Are you going to, you know, are you going to build it right. up? You stewarding? Yeah. You stewarding this, this seed? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it, and it's at the same time, like the idea of the mustard seed, if you just had faith of a mustard seed, you could call yeah. this mountain to move. Right. I, I, the way I started to look at that is he's kind of trying to explain to him, like, you don't even have that. You need that, mm. and you're not going to get it from your efforts. Wow. That wow. I'm that's... the one that has that. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. You need me. Wow. And you need my faith. Yeah. And that's what I feel like Christ did is he came in and he took on humanity mm. onto himself so that humanity and the divinity right. could be one. Yeah. Yeah. Because he didn't give up either. Yeah. And, and you know, talking about that during this time, uh, I mean, that's the whole thing of especially with Advent, we're leading up to this, this, this culminating moment, right? Yeah. Uh, which is for another day, but just to throw it out there, I, I just heard someone say, if we make the cross the crux of our faith, we miss that the incarnation was the very moment that the gospel was truly brought to mankind, that the divinity and mankind, humanity would be united forever. Uh, so I, I just think that this, this whole aspect of of faith being something that has been given to us and inseparable from us. Yeah. Uh, it's something we just need to explore, uh, personally. And I think that the church at large is, is walking through some of these questions. Right. So, um, I want to read something though, uh, yeah. that, that kind of 
put a little bit of language to something that I have been kind of wrestling with in terms of this. Uh, so I'm, I'm listening to this, this, uh, this author, pastor, and he says it's so unfortunate that so many uh, major words and meanings get turned around 180 degrees to mean the exact opposite. It's actually um, true of the word faith. He says faith is clearly mean or living. Sorry, cl- faith is clearly learning to live without knowing and trusting that God knows. We have turned it around 180 degrees to, to mean a bunch of people walking around certain about everything. That destroys the concept of biblical faith. Mm-hmm. You know, that like, he. so going back to the statement, we've turned it around 180 degrees to mean a bunch of people walking around certain about everything. That destroys the concept of biblical faith. Um, even as I say that, I can feel the anxiety and the tension, you know, that that, that statement uh, can bring because you know when when we talk about faith we almost we almost lump it into this certainty that I don't I don't think that is exactly what biblical like the definition of biblical faith really right. means certainty is um, it eliminates trust right certainty eliminates trust yeah and so what what does biblical faith truly mean um what does faith mean like in our own walks in our own journey when have we experienced faith and how has it actually helped to create definition and understanding of this thing that's been freely given to us yeah you know that we can't work for yeah well it's i think it all goes back to the difference between law and relationship Mm -hmm. and the thing like with law they were looking for certainty Mm -hmm. they were saying give us something that we can grab hold of and say, all right, I either did this or I didn't do this. Mm-hmm. And if I did this, you give me a reward. Yeah. And if I didn't, then I know that there are consequences. Right. And then I can go back and say, sorry, <laughs> you know? Um, but with relationship, relationship is so complex mm. That it is impossible to try to put any kind of law to it Mm. because when you introduce relationship, especially one that is based in grace, it becomes just, there is no way to, to figure out how is this thing going to go, you know? Um, And so you get to a place of when it comes to, um, you know, faith and, and trying to, I started to lose track. Of it's where, okay. It's all right. Um, yeah, it, it's with trust that that's what we were going with. Yeah. Um, you can't trust somebody that you're not in relationship with. Mm. You have nothing built up with somebody you're not in relationship with, with law. You can trust that it's going to go one way or the other, but it, it's not what he came to do. Yeah. It's not what he wants. It's not what he gave us. Yeah. What he wants is relationship. And so the only way to gain trust and and start believing is to actually know him. You know, can I jump in real quick yeah. with this idea? You know, you said in law we have we have an idea of like we, we know what to expect. It's kind of interesting because um, if that condition of relationship is based off of rules um and and God doesn't act in the way that look 
I did all the right things, which constitutes this event taking place. I said the right things. I believed the right things. I, I did the right things. Um, and this didn't happen. We almost, we, we don't, we would never say it this blunt or direct, but we put God on trial because you didn't follow through with the conditions that this, this right. order. He becomes know. a disappointment. Right. Yeah. And so then we find ourselves losing faith. Yeah. Right. That losing, losing what? Are, are we losing faith or are we, we executing this justice according to our standard of relationship that is not personal at all? That's, that's, that's a total. I, I think we're stepping <laughs> back in, in our belief. Uh, it's because if you look at it from the standpoint of that, it's not our faith, it's his. Mm. And whenever, you know, we're believing for something and we feel like he said this and we're walking with him in it, and then it doesn't happen the way that we expect it to happen, right. which it in my experience, rarely does happen the <laughs> right. way we think it's going to happen. Yeah. Then we get disappointed. And, and when we leave the conversation with him yeah. and we walk away, yeah. it's like we're stepping back out of our belief right. that what is his character? Right. Is, is he good? Is he it actually God? Yeah. And, and well, now I'm disappointed because I didn't get what I wanted. Yes. And that can be incredibly, and it's not necessarily, um, you know, it can, it can be out of a selfish place, mm. but a lot of times when you mix things like death and sickness and all of these things, I know a ton of people who they prayed for somebody right. for years yeah. and the person died of the thing they were praying for them to be healed from. And You've got some that, that walk away, some that are saying, I don't know what happened, but I'm going to stick in the conversation. Yeah. And it can be, it, it, the, the beauty of, of looking at it and that it's his faith is that that faith is never altering mm. your belief may be, right. but you know what? You can step back in right. to believing this thing. If you just enter into the conversation again. Yeah. And I mean, I know personally, I've had tremendous loss, yeah. uh, years ago, a few years ago. And there, there was a time when, um, when all of this happened, um, I got really angry at him, but the thing that I found with my walk with him is that even though I was angry with him, I never left the conversation mm. and but I, I definitely told him what I was thinking yeah, and yeah. expressed my hurt. Yeah. And it was in those moments that he spoke yeah. that I heard him clearly. Yeah. And so it's, it's the kind of thing, it, it's that the belief of staying in the conversation with him yeah. so that he can provide what he actually has given us, yeah. like that we can actually step into those things. Right. Um, yeah, it's good stuff. I, I would love to, to jump in uh, just to, to kind of put this in context of, of Scripture yeah. um, <clears throat> because you know, you're talking about something that I think we all experience sometimes um, because we've made faith this, this thing that, um, that is a law unto itself. Um, we, we are afraid to actually address some of the areas of our lives that everyone is walking through and it's real and tangible stuff. 
Um, but we almost have to put these these masks on in religious contexts or even in front of quote God, even though he's invisible per se. There's this um, this this unwillingness to be transparent um, to to protect what we would call our faith. Yeah. To protect the the preservation of of our faith. And so, you know, as I've been, you know, just meditating on it, I go back to Hebrews 11 and I just want to read some portions of this and then just have this dialogue about what were people really walking through and then what does the scripture really talk to us about these uh, these these people. So Hebrews 11 uh, is the, the hall of faith as, as we hear. Um, and it starts off with this. Now, faith is the assurance uh, of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. You know, this idea of assurance, we, we've already kind of talked about this, this idea of like certainty, um, assurance of things hoped for. I, I think I think that that's what's so uh, so difficult for people to, to conceptualize. It's um, certainty and conviction are not the same thing. Somehow, in my mind, at times, I've put them together. Yeah. Um, there, there's certainty and conviction. In fact, one of the one of our our members, John uh, Torres, came up to me uh, yesterday uh, on Sunday and and made that distinction uh, of certainty and conviction. And uh, you know, here's here's what I started to realize. The the com, uh, the conviction of things not seen. That's that's this mystery. It's the conviction that there is a mysterious aspect to this thing that I'm that I'm walking in. I know that this is mystery. Um, certainty says I am without a without a shadow of a doubt. Like I know this to be true. But conviction says I know this to be true. But I have no no grounds. In, in yeah. respect, like in that right. moment, I have no grounds to, to prove this. It's the, it's walking in the darkness, but trusting that there's a, a light that will lead you kind of thing. Yeah. And so as, as we go on from there, it says by faith, the men of old gained approval by faith. We understand that the worlds were prepared, uh, by the word of God so that what is seen might not be, uh, made of, uh, things visible, but, um, by faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice and Cain through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous, God testifying about the, his gift. And through faith, uh, though he is dead, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he would be able to, that he would not see death. And um, in verse um, 6, it says, And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, uh, that he is and that he is the rewarder of those who seek him. I want to just stop there because as we continue to go on, it's like Hebrews 11 starts to talk about these characters in scripture who are real in their, in their humanity, dealing with issues that conflict with this idea when the divine is upon you, that nothing bad will take place. Like there's, there's this concept in the old Testament. And if you go around the world, um, they, the humanity believes that if God's on my side, my life will be perfect. Right. You know, and, and there's almost this aspect to the way that we talk about that with faith. Like if I believe and say and do the right things, nothing bad's going to happen to me. Yeah. You know? And so these the, characters, the funny thing about that yeah, is the way that we look at it is it's not about relationship with him. It's about avoidance of hurt. Right. It's right. avoidance of any kind of bad thing happening. Yeah. yeah. 
And anybody that has been (laughs) in any kind of relationship knows that going through trials, going through pain Hmm. usually draws you closer together or rips you apart. Yeah. And so the idea it, it, for me, anytime something like that is coming up, you got to stop and you got to question, where is this idea actually coming from? Mm -hmm. What's it based in? Is it based in my fear of fear and pain? Yeah. Or is it based in relationship with him? Right. And then you're going to get your answer and you're going to sit there and go, okay, where am I believing wrong? Right. So, so even at that, like, where am I believing wrong so that I don't, uh, so that I avoid pain. Right. 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 And, and, you know, I just heard this actually today. Transformation takes place at the point of maximum suffering. Transformation takes place at the point of maximum suffering. I I think that there is something about the way that we have uh, led people to believe that this gospel is about living a, a perfect life, which God doesn't ever invite us into perfect life. He invites us into the perfection of himself to walk out a life that is good and pleasing. And good and pleasing has function and dysfunction all in the mix of it. And and so this idea of of God wanting to transform us into his very image, there I I think that we we are hoping that if we have the right things to say or believe, that he'll reach his hand in and always avoid keep those those things that would cause suffering um to take place he didn't he didn't do that with his son no you know like if he (laughs) if he didn't do that with his son uh what makes us think that he would do that with us right and then and then you start realizing well what do you do then are you saying that he doesn't heal are you saying he doesn't deliver i i don't think that that's where we want to go but there has to be this balance of if if our faith as a currency idea is constituted upon keep me out of pain as much as possible, we actually neglect transformation. Yeah. Because if you look at at Romans eight, you know eight twenty eight, he works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. Right. Yeah. He wouldn't have to do that if everything was exactly. already good. Yeah. Yeah. So so this idea that um, that faith becomes our uh, our our stop. Or a block from all suffering and pain um, gets us into this mentality that God becomes our genie and yeah. we just need to say the right thing. And it becomes this like magical, um, this magical idea with the divine rather than this mystical idea with the divine. Right. So magical and mystical are, you know, they're. And it, it goes back to that is it going to be. Um... You know, something that you're, you're trying to play it as rules again. Mm. You're trying to say that, oh, if I have this, then you, this is what I get. Yeah. And you can't, you can't do that with a relationship. Yeah. It's, it's not transactional. Right. Just because you have faith doesn't mean the transaction of that is going to be, oh, well, you have no pain whatsoever. Right. What it comes down to mm. and how how this works is we we try to put our idea of perfection, our idea of perfection is based on no flaws. Mm. And it's also, but a lot of times we base our, our idea of perfection as something that is transactional. Yeah. Because if there's this much wrong, mm. then it's wrong. If the there's idea. a little bit of wrong, then yeah. it's all wrong. Yeah. And so 
our idea of perfection kind of has to change to like, what is our, what is perfection in a relationship? Hmm. Hmm. If we start looking at our, like living the perfect life hmm. as what is perfection in relationship? Hmm. It's not about you did this wrong. You did this wrong. You did this right. And we're counting up points. Hmm. It's based upon love and other centered Mm. And it's, it's these things that it's a back and forth Yeah, and you can't, um, you can't predict it all the time. <laughs> and so to, to go, you know, you know, the idea of, of, well, I just haven't, didn't have enough faith. So this person didn't get healed. Yeah. It's still going back to that. I didn't have this thing. I didn't have enough of it. Yeah. It's transactional again. Yep. Because if I had faith, I could have given it to them and they'd have been healed. And that's a transaction. Yeah. 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 Where's the relationship in that? Yeah. Yeah. I think in the church and in life, we have a ton of things to learn. If we would just put our focus on relationship, what is relationship with God look like? What does it look like with each other? What does it look like outside the church? Yeah. Because that's what that's where the real perfection is, yeah. is it's living in relationship with him and with others and seeing people how he sees them. Mm. That does bring perfection, but it's not the way we've seen it. Yeah. It's not the perfection we've seen. It's there's perfect unity within the Trinity mm. and we're right in the middle of it. And if we would just like look around and see how they're reacting with each other and with us, then we get a better idea of what perfection is. And, mm -hmm. you know, this is what we get to have right now. Yeah. It's not anything we have to wait for. Right. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm preaching now. <laughs> That's awesome. I, so in, in, uh, in Advent, we talk about these, these, um, you know, first week was hope. Uh, second week was faith. Uh, we're coming up on joy, joy. yeah, uh, which is always <laughs> a fun one. And uh, and then and then love. Um, and and you know, so so going back to this idea of faith, like there was a there was a journey that the whole Old Testament. Uh, I, I neglect sometimes to say Old Testament as though it's you know not relevant or something any longer. Yeah, that book back then. Right, we've moved on to something. You know. Yeah. Um, there's there's Christ in the Old Testament, uh, and and the Revelation is the actual walking by faith that God has taken um, mankind through, and He takes us all through this journey that is so mysterious, um, but it's a faith walk journey. You know, I think that that's what's so interesting. And if you go back and you start looking at Hebrews 11, all the characters, you see people who, if you go back and you read their story, tons of flaw, yeah, tons of mess, uh, tons of times where you would say, you know, Abraham, did he really have that much faith when he's, you know, saying that his, his wife is actually his sister? You know, you keep going back through all of these, these men and women, not all of them, uh, because yeah. there are some that have very little talked about, but um, like Enoch, we don't know a whole lot about him, but, right. um, but you look at these, these characters and they're, they're learning how to walk with God, um, in this trust. Yeah. And I think that that's what faith, we need to start going back to the center of what does faith actually means And it. And for me, uh, in this, in this moment in my life, I would say 
Trust would be a better word, better. Uh, it, it gives me a better definition in my culture, in my context to understand what faith really means rather than it being a currency. Right. And so I look at these characters and I see this whole life of trust that does not neglect to show their flaws, but they still walked in trust. They still kept their eyes upon him, like right. their eye, eye to eye connection. Um, in trust is so much more powerful than, than this idea of, well, I've done enough good things that have given me the currency to be a part of the book or to be a part of his story or to be a part of something miraculous taking place. Um, rather than realizing these are characters who have flaws, they have issues, they have things that they're walking through and it's all their faith journey. So I want to, like for any hearer out there, uh, I just want to like share with you your, your chaos that you're currently in, um, don't, don't take that and eliminate that as uh, a part of your faith journey. Like, it's not that we give ourselves license to just be chaotic, but when you're in the midst of chaos, when you're in the midst of disappointment, all those things, um, I want, I want to, I want to caution you not to find yourself questioning whether or not you're walking in faith. Right. Um, I think that that's what, what people really need to hear because sometimes we hear, and I'm really appreciative of continuing on these, this idea of faith being able to be the, the seed that, that moves into a miraculous experience. But sometimes we also need to look in at faith being something that is trust in the midst of chaos, trust in the midst of disappointment, trust in the midst of, you know, um, of, of sin issues that, that are going on that you're still working through and, uh, and, and not to be eliminated because God in his story in, in Hebrews 11, he, he looks at these characters who make some really big messes and he says, these are the people of faith, yeah. which is just wild to me. You know? Yeah. Um, so this, this idea of trust and, and I would say this, you know, this, as I was, as I was talking on Sunday, this, this thought came to mind and I, I said this, you know, where there's a lack of trust, there's, there's an absence of hope. Yeah. You know, cause uh, if you go back to the beginning of, of Hebrews 11, the statement says, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. There's, there's hope that's connected to, to faith. Right. And, and faith is not the end in itself. Sometimes we think of it as the end in itself when we think in currency form. Right. Um, but faith is moving onto something bigger and, and having hope. So there have been times where I'm like, man, I just feel hopeless. Uh, it probably is because my faith is, is lacking and, yeah. and it's an issue of trust. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm not trusting. That's where we start to move on to our own thing and try and do it on our own and moving away from relationship and start entering into, if I just do the right things, it'll come about. Right. Now that, that's where we get ourselves, uh, Ishmael's. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. like talking about Abraham he's like, you know, I've got this promise on my life. And I just need to do what it takes to get a kid. And it's not working with Sarah, so I'll move on to, to Hagar, right? Yeah. And so Ishmael comes along. But here's what's even crazier is that through even through Ishmael, something happens that Abraham, he, God restores it. He redeems it all, you yeah. know? Um, and so so there's this, this idea for me of like faith leading to hope. I think that uh, Steve Backlin, he makes a statement. He's like, wherever... Wherever there's hopelessness, uh, it's, it's because we're believing a lie. And, and I would say that wherever there's hopelessness, it's because we're, we're walking out of trust. We're, we're leaving the place of faith. Right. We're leaving the place of mystery. 
And how do you stay mysterious? How do you stay in that place where it's like completely unknown? It's that you keep your eyes locked on him. Uh, when you don't, when you can't see his eyes, that's difficult. What does that really mean? Practically speaking, it's meaning like, I'm going to, I'm going to trust that in the midst of this chaos, in the midst of this crucible moment where the fire is the hottest, where the suffering is, is really happening in my life. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to try and avoid it and try and get out of pain. Uh, I'm, I'm going to sit here and go, God, I know that you're good. You're doing something in me. Let its full work take place. And like Jesus, we can actually look to him. And and if it be your will, <laughs> take this cup away from me. But not, yeah. but not my will, but your will be done. Like, let this process take place so that I, I'm refined and I look like you. Like, I walk this journey out with faith that you are building something in me that I can't do by my, my own works. Right. I like to look at it in a, in a practical way for me is that, you know, you can be in a room with somebody and not be talking with them. Mm -hmm. And I like to look at that at times, whenever we're not trusting or not talking with God, he doesn't ever leave. He's in us. So it's like, you're in the same room with them, but you've kind of turned your back Mm -hmm. and you're just not talking to him. But the idea of, Staying in the conversation, mm. you know, when you're talking to somebody and when you're not, it's very <laughs> clear. Like, I know I'm talking to you right yep. now, but I could turn away yeah. and you could be talking into the mic and I would just be messing around on my phone or my computer or whatever right. at the same time. And we're not conversing any longer. Yeah. And it's the same way with God is that we have this, uh, this thing of whenever we stop trusting him, we've left the conversation mm. and our eyes are distracted on something else, yeah. whether it's the pain or, right. you know, trying to avoid it. And, and I, I, well, I am well aware of my own distractions, <laughs> you know, I, and, and it, it just comes to a point where you got to go, okay, it's not going to get any better. <laughs> this distraction it's like, why do I keep running to that instead of staying in the conversation? Yeah. Because my idea is I don't, I don't want to necessarily hear what he's going to say. Cause that, that's going to require something of me. That's my thought. Right. And at the same time, it's like, how can you feel fulfilled? How can you feel, how can you have that hope restored? Mm. The thing you actually want mm. is always there. And yet we can totally disregard it and mm-hmm. say, well, my assumption is it's going to take something of my own effort that's going to hurt me and I don't want to hear it from him. Mm-hmm. There's been multiple times I'm like, I know you're going to say something that I don't want to hear yeah. and I'm not ready to hear it. Yeah. And then I finally, after days or weeks later, go, okay, this is just not getting any better. It's getting worse. <laughs> Let me come back to the place of conversation and stop avoiding you. And then he speaks in a way that it's like, okay, yeah, that wasn't what I was expecting because you do know more than I do. Yeah. Thankfully. And, you know, going to the creator, going to the one who actually sees the entire picture. Yeah. (laughs) Is always a good idea. (laughs) We, we come with these ideas of, you know, promises that he's made or, or how we want to see things. And it's like, if we don't get it the way we think it should be done, 
then we run away or we go, why, God, didn't you do this? And we're not asking for the full picture. Mm-hmm. I try to explain to my kids that whenever they're in an argument, I said, look at your argument like it's a globe. Mm-hmm. You're seeing it from one side mm-hmm. and your sister is seeing it from the other side. And there is a whole lot more around here. And if you would just turn to see what the other person sees mm-hmm. and converse in that way and take a look at the whole picture and ask Holy Spirit, what else aren't we seeing here? Mm-hmm. Then you're going to get a better answer. Mm-hmm. And you're probably going to come to a place of love and respect for each other. Yeah. And we do that with God. It's like, I see my side. I don't want to see your side right now. Mm-hmm. I want it the way I want it. But if we would just sit there and go, okay, God, show me, Holy Spirit, show me your side of it. Mm. Show me all that you can show me right now, because I think he also doesn't show us everything all at once, because there are things that we have to deal with and Mm. get right in our renewal of mind in order to get to that place of accepting it. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that's good stuff. Um, Well, as we kind of move towards wrapping up this this conversation on faith um you know one of the things that i just want to um kind of end end today talking about is is the idea of how, how do we continue to move in faith um where where we don't look at it as this 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 there's there's a word called uh, nihilism and uh, and I'll, I'll just read you the definition of what nihilism is so that we, we kind of have a little bit of a concept for it. Um, it says that the rejection of all religious and moral principles, often in the belief that life is meaningless. Faith doesn't leave us to nihilism. It doesn't, it doesn't cause us to just move from this place of, you know, well, what are you saying? That it's just meaningless and, and we just can do whatever we want. Right. It, it, like, like we've been talking about, it's, it's staying engaged. It's staying in the relationship in the midst of, of chaos, in the midst of blindness. Um, and that was the whole conversation that the Israelites were doing. Jesus, Jesus uh, reveals the entire nature of God, but God throughout the whole Old Testament is taking off layers of their understanding that was causing them to be blind. Uh, but as they were walking forward, like the voice of God leads us towards the truth of who he is. And so in, in that trust of continuing to walk towards the voice, um, layers are being taken off. And it's that continually walking that is faith. So the whole Old Testament is the picture of God continually moving them by taking off lens, taking off the pictures uh, that they had had in front of them that kept them from seeing the truth of who God was. And so trusting, I'm still following the voice. You know, they're moving out of old thought patterns. Yeah. They're moving towards the the, the unknown or um, the opposition of what's normal for them, what they had trusted, they had placed their trust in. And I would say in this, in this walk towards Christ, as we continue to move in him, uh, to live and move and have our being. This this walk of faith is the voice that calls us, whether it's a, a literal voice or whether it's the, the 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 conviction that's on our heart that's pulling us towards truth. Uh, it's not just living absent of that. It's it's staying engaged. His eyes uh, are the ones that pull us towards him. His voice is the one that that takes those those pictures off. And and when we see him. You know, as I think about Christmas, as we're moving towards this idea, when we see him, those ideas of what this majestic, 
all-powerful God looks like are shattered. (laughs) Because we think that he comes with power in the way that our ideas that have shaded us, our worldly ideas have shaded us to think, well, if this is what power looks like on the earth, then God must be altogether more bigger than that. And we move towards Christmas and all of a sudden this faith leads us like wise men to the stable where there's a baby in a manger and you're going, what? How, how in the world? <laughs> like this is so much smaller yeah. than, what, than, than what I was expecting. This is so, how is this power? Yeah. You know, and, and that's the beauty of God is that he is, the kingdom is so much uh, more complex and flipped upside down from our worldly perspective and somehow somehow that is that is the kingdom of god that is completely opposite of what we're seeing and so so you know if if i were to like sum that all up it's almost this idea of like walk into that which is so abstract and different from what the world is saying and you can almost you can almost be guaranteed that if you're following that voice which seems like contrary to everything that the world is saying, this is what it would look like. Mm-hmm. You're, you're more than likely going to find God in it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It It's funny because, you know, when Christ appears on the earth as a baby, if all of Israel had known this is the one and they had shown up and looked at him, there would have been so much disappointment because it's oh. like, it's a baby. It's like the most <laughs> fragile thing right. in the world. Yeah. What are you doing? Yeah. And the funny thing about that is that God uses that kind of stuff to actually draw us into conversation. Right. Because if you look at something that is like that and your disappointment hits, you're either going to walk <laughs> away or you're going to sit there and go, I'm, I'm so perplexed. I have to ask the questions. Yeah. And he's saying, yes. I want you to ask the questions because I want you to listen and I want to have conversation with you. Yeah. And the crazy thing about it is, is if you look at, if you, if you, like if we use this metaphor, um, he places something that's so small, fragile and uh, incapable of doing anything on its own. And he places it in our hands for us to walk with this thing to make sure that it grows. Like, yeah, that is not okay. Like (laughs) God is placing, like God is putting the trust in us, yeah. in humanity, to see this thing grow, like there's there's something that's scary about that in in its own sense. So we move yeah. from this idea of currency to this idea, though, that that something does grow and it's placed in our hands. So how do you do that in a way of like this doesn't make any sense? This this seems like a disappointment, and God's going, tell me more about your disappointment. Mm-hmm. Like those are the conversations that reveal the very nature of where the world has blinded us from seeing who God really is. Yeah. And, and I would say those are the moments where faith is enacted to see the hope that is assured for all of eternity. That's not like the disappointment when, you know, all, all of it comes crumbling down and you go like, but I put all my trust in it. And he's going, yeah. And it was built on, on sinking sand. Like I'm asking you to put it on a rock. This mm-hmm. rock is completely contrary to these worldly ideas. And, uh, and so keep walking in faith. Keep walking in faith in the ideas that, you know, what you're currently going through is not uh, an indication that God is disappointed in you, that you're doing it wrong. You know, all of those things that those are actually pagan ideas 
They're, they're pagan in their thoughts that, um, I have, I have this currency. If I do this, then this will happen. Um, and, and just to, to end it off, because I, I think that we need to be cognizant and aware of, um, testimonies and promise. Testimonies are, are past experiences where God has shown himself that lead us forward and promises are those things that he's, he's given us out in the, in the future mm-hmm. that we move towards. But the voice is, is what carries us from the testimony into the promise. But there's this, it can feel like a black void. If we're mm-hmm. honest at times, it can, yeah. it can feel like a black void. Um, but, but he's there, he's inside of us, pulling us towards the promise to remind us of what he's been like, what he is like and what he's moving us towards. So Brayden, yeah. Been awesome. Anything yeah. else you want to add before we wrap up? Well, it, it's funny the what you were talking about as far as you know delivering this baby into into our hands. Yeah. It's funny because the one he chose to do that with, Mary, he built up trust with her mm. when the angel appears to her. Yeah. Because she says, "Yeah." Right. She says, "Yes." <laughs> And it's, it's like, she's believing. Right. And so he puts, he puts Christ in the arms of somebody who desires a relationship. Wow. Because when you look at it from the standpoint of responsibility first Mm. over relationship, then it becomes my responsibility is to do this thing, this thing, make sure this baby does not die. And I've got a list of things I need to do. And if I don't do those right, then I lose relationship, right? Exactly. Then I don't get the relationship. Right. As though that's the end in yeah. itself, right? Yeah. And all it, it, it takes away the trust. Mm. It You put responsibility above relationship first. Mm. It takes away trust. But when you put relationship in there above responsibility, mm. the trust to carry out the responsibility wow. is built in. That, that gives me hope. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, cause you lose, you lose hope if you put the responsibility over a relationship, because you know that if I don't do this right, uh, my end is going to be meaning it's going to, it's going to be all of to no avail. Yeah. It's all me trusting in my own works and my oh, own way man, of doing good. things. That's good. That's a good, that's a good place to end. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's end on that and let you meditate on that as we just wrap up and, uh, I hope this is something that um, that we obviously I've I've appreciated the conversation. I have some things that I'll think about. I hope that you do as well as you're listening, and uh, that you'll be able to pass this along, maybe to your kids, maybe to your friends. Uh, but Braden, it's been awesome to yeah, to hang out with. It's you always today. fun. Yeah. So have a merry Christmas, and uh, and we'll talk to you next time. Merry Christmas, everyone. Mm-hmm.